Uh, Take your Bibles uh, and turn to Genesis chapter 37 this morning. Genesis chapter 37. Praise God. Father, we're just grateful this morning for the power of your word. We thank you, Lord, that you've elevated your word even above your name, which is an amazing statement. And I pray as we, as we kind of unpack the life of Joseph this morning that you will just use this in all of our lives as a source of encouragement, a source of strengthening. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We just pray that you use it this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 37, starting in verse 1, Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with, his, with the sons of, Zilp, uh, uh, of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved, or Jacob, either way, loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. So there's this huge rift between Joseph and his brothers. Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob grandson of Isaac, great-grandson of Abraham. He was Rachel's firstborn son. Uh, Rachel died during childbirth uh, to, as she gave birth to Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin. Um, and, and, and Joseph is first introduced to us here at the age of, at the age of 17. Actually, there's, there's more told to us about the personal life of Joseph than any of the other patriarchs. Uh, Genesis 37 to 50 really covers the life of Joseph. 37 to 41 covers just 13 years of Joseph's life. So, so very interesting. So, 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 so we're introduced to Joseph here in chapter 37. And, and the introduction is animosity and resentment that's growing between Joseph and his brothers because Joseph reveals a bad report Concerning four of his brothers, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And, and, and we don't know the details of the report. All we know is in the, the Hebrew language implies, intimates to us that, 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 that whatever the bad report was, it was common knowledge. This was not something hidden. Except Jacob, for some reason, didn't know about it. And so Joseph shares with his dad concerning what his brothers had done. And, and so there's this hatred, this animosity and resentment that begins to grow towards Joseph so that they can't even talk peaceably to him. So you can imagine what it was like. Now, that's the first thing. Now, on, on, top, on top of that, Jacob shows unusual favoritism towards Joseph. He gives him what we all know, the story ever since you were little kids, if you went to Sunday school, the coat of many colors. Uh, this coat shouted distinction. It shouted favor. It shouted rank. It shouted even implied a large inheritance. Uh, this was not work clothes. This was 
the coat of many colors was a coat that 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 went to the went to the palm, went to the went to the ankles. Whereas uh, guys who worked in those days worked worked sleeveless. It was a sleeve sleeveless tunic that went to the knees. And so and so Joseph wore this unusual coat that 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 really put him in a position of management versus labor. So here is Joseph, the youngest son until Benjamin was born. And um, and 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 he's put in a place of management over his brothers. So so you can imagine the the, the jealousy and the anger and the resentment and the animosity is just growing and growing and growing. And, uh, and Jacob, the dad, doesn't get it. You know, this is a dysfunctional family. Anybody raised in a dysfunctional home? Okay, well, here, here's one. This is, this is really a dysfunctional family. And, um, and, and Jacob doesn't get it. He puts his son in this this position, and, uh, and, and, and things go from bad to worse. How many are grateful that, that God doesn't show partiality? Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? God doesn't love you more than he loves me. I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful that God loves us all the same. We are all his children. No matter what our gifts are or calling is or whatever, you know, we are all loved by God. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. I'm so grateful for that. So Joseph seems to be insensitive, oblivious, or at the very least immature concerning the storm that's swirling around him. Doesn't seem to be seeing it. Doesn't seem to be aware of it. Isn't sensitive to it. Doesn't have discernment concerning this. His eyes aren't wide open to what's going on around. How many, how many recognize we need that kind of stuff? We need discernment. We need to have our eyes wide open. And so uh, he kind of puts nails in his own coffin by exuberantly sharing two different dreams. And, and chapter 37, 5 to 11 shares those dreams, you know, and has basically, basically pictures, you know, sheaves bowing down to him, you know, and, and then uh, the sun, moon, and star bowing down to him to the extent that his dad rebukes him and says, you know, are you saying that we're all going to bow down to you, you know? Um, some things are better not shared <laughs> right away. I think, I think he wasn't using wisdom and sharing this at this point. I mean, his, his, this was like gasoline on the fire, you know. And, and, and you know, I, I don't know what, if it was out of his insecurity or arrogance or whatever, but, but, but here he's sharing these two different dreams, I'm, I'm reminded of Mary when, when, when the angel of the Lord came to her and told her that she was going to be pregnant with, with Jesus, obviously. And, and, and the scripture in, in Luke chapter 2 says she treasured these things in her heart. She pondered upon these things. She didn't share them with people. And there's, there's times where we need to just keep things in our heart. You know, there's other times we need to share but, but we need to ask, what is our motive? <laughs> Why are we sharing? We need to ask the question, what is the fruit? What is the result of our words? And is it timely? Is it necessary? Is it edifying? Or, 
Or are we sharing it for our own benefit versus for their benefit? So one day Joseph is sent by his, by his father, probably as, as the foreman, to check up on his brothers. Brothers are supposedly 60 miles away in the city of Shechem or, or in the region of Shechem. And uh, so he goes there to find out how they're doing and, and uh, they're not there. He's wandering around and he finally finds them 20 miles further in the area of Dotham. And in chapter 37, verse, verse 18, it says, they, they saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against to kill him. And they said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say there are, uh, that, that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, rescued him out of their hands and said, let's not take his life. Reuben said, shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. So Reuben was kind of sketchy. He had his own problems. It's another whole story. But, but, but Reuben's the oldest of the, of the, of the brothers and, and seems like he's the most mature and and he's most compassionate here, and, and, and he wants to, wants, to, wants to spare his younger brother. We don't know what happened. Reuben's off somewhere. He's not, he's not around. They throw him in the pit. Um, the pit was a cistern, actually, that was dry, thankfully, dry cistern. And, and uh, so, so here, here Joseph is, is in the bottom of this pit, and uh, a group of a, a group of traders come by, Midianite, Ishmaelite traders, traders come by, and, and the guys get an idea. I think it was Judah got the idea and said, hey, let's, let's sell him. Let's make some money off this guy, you know. And, and so that's exactly what they did for, for, for 20 shekels. Shekels is, is a, is a, was, a, was not, not so much a, just an, an, an amount of money, but it was a, it was a weight of silver, about the weight of, of two quarters. If you put two quarters together, that's a, about the weight of a shekel. And, and at different times in history, it was worth, of course, uh, different amounts of money. But, but back then, uh, 20 shekels was what your average slave was sold for. Um, and so they sold him for the, for the average uh, cost of a slave. And it's, it's interesting that... That um, 20 years later, when, when the brothers are, are, are down in Egypt and they're, and they're reliving this whole thing with their brother, in, in Genesis chapter 42, verse 21, it says, Then they said to one another, In truth we are guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen to him. So you can imagine, you know, Joseph is in the pit. He hears that his brother is going to sell him, and he's saying, "Don't do this. Don't sell me. Don't don't sell me to them. You know, you're going to send me to Egypt for the rest of my life." That's exactly what they did. And so here's here's Joseph, and he and he enters into a time of testing, long <laughs> time of time of temptation as well. 
Long testing, long temptation. Not short. This was not a day, week, month, or year. We're talking like 13 years. Difficult time. And, and, and just imagine, you know, uh, Joseph on his, on his way to Egypt. His hands are probably tied. He's probably behind camels. He's eating sand, you know, stumbling along. Satan is roaring in his ear, you know. What about the dreams now, Joseph? What about your brothers bowing down to you and your, and your whole family bowing down to you? What about all that? Where is God now? Where is God now? It was the year 1900 B.C., Joseph is far from home. That night was a very dark night for him. Because he he didn't know what the future held. He might get killed, or he might be a slave for the rest of his life. This was not a 10-year sentence. This was slavery for the rest of your life. He ends up in... In, um, in Egypt, and he sold to a man by the name of Potiphar, who was a wealthy officer and chief executioner of Egypt. You know, they stripped the guys naked. It was humiliating. It was, it was, it was fearful. And, and as I already said, it was permanent. And, 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 and here he is. But, but in, in Genesis chapter 39 and verse 2, it, it tells us now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar in Egypt, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had brought him from, bought him from the Ishmaelites who brought him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph. <laughs> Wow. Some of the stuff that happens to you and happens to me in life, not because of mistakes you've made. Some of the stuff is, obviously, sowing and reaping. But some of it just is stuff that happens that's out of your control, out of my control. We feel powerless. Joseph felt powerless. What, what, what got him through all of this? And we'll see this over and over as we sang this morning that song, uh, Sing Hallelujah. I, I was thinking, I, yeah, I, wonder, I wonder if Joseph was singing Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, there, there was something that stabilized him in the midst of all of this. His, his faith in God, his relationship to God, his, his sense of, 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 of bearing where in the midst of, of the worst of life experiences, God was with him. And uh, Jesus told us in John 16, a real encouraging word, in the world, you're going to have trouble. How many say amen to that, brother? <laughs> And so, and, 
And so he starts to work for Potiphar, and, and, and Potiphar sees that he's got, he's got a good guy here, and he's sharp, and, and he's loyal, and he's a hard worker, and he's faithful. And, and over a period of time, uh, you know, everything he touches turns to gold, and, 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 and Joseph seems to, seems to thrive, and, and he kind of gets traction here. And, 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 and literally, Potiphar puts him over his whole household, and the only thing, the Scripture says, the only thing Potiphar thought about was what he was going to eat. <laughs> he didn't have to worry about anything else because Joseph took care of everything. What a wonderful testimony. He could have groveled. He could have said, God, is this the way you treat me? I'm going to forget about you. But no, he didn't do that. He sang hallelujah. <laughs> In the darkest time, here he is. And then, you know, just when it seems like he's, he's getting traction and, and he's starting to find a place there and things are going actually quite well, then there was the battle for sexual purity. Verse 7 tells us that, well, first it says in verse 6 that Joseph was handsome in form and appearance and after time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me, but he refused and said to his master's wife, listen to what he said, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. He has put everything he has in my charge. He is no greater in this house than I am. <laughs> what a statement. Nor has he kept back anything from me except yourself because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? <laughs> he still had this whole wholesome holiness about him where, he, where, where in a far land, away from everything that was common to him, he still was, was centered on following God, believing God, serving God with all of his heart. One day, he was in, in the house doing some work. None of the other men were there. She catches him by the garment. And he runs. He does exactly what the scripture says to do. This is exactly what, what Paul says to do. You know, when, when Paul talks about fornication, he doesn't say, fight it. He says, flee it. <laughs> There's some things we need to run from. Other things we need to fight, but, but, but when it comes to sexual, uh, sexual sin, that's something we need to run from. And he did. He did the right thing. He did the right thing. The right thing. Not the wrong thing, the right thing. In the midst of doing the right thing, what happens? All hell breaks, breaks, breaks loose in his life. Potiphar comes home, uh, she, she tells the story, her, her lust now turns to hatred, and, 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 and she lies about him, and, 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 and so Potiphar literally throws him into prison, and, and by the way, if you, look, if you look at chapter 39 and you look at chapter 40, you, you actually see that, that Potiphar is actually the head of the prison, as well as being chief executioner, and, 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 and so he is actually... Joseph's boss in prison as well as being his, his boss in his house. So he throws him in prison. 
And again, he's here very likely for the rest of his life. And days turn into weeks, and weeks turn into months, and months turn into years. And what does Joseph do? <laughs> what does Joseph do? He, he remains faithful to God. He guards his heart. He works hard. He's loyal. He's faithful. Potiphar can trust him. Potiphar turns the whole prison over to him. <laughs> I think what happened, I think after Potiphar got over being so angry and after his rage settled down, he probably realized, yeah, I know what happened. Turns everything over to him in the prison. And Joseph keep, keeps singing hallelujah. What is dark when nothing's going right, when it looks like he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. He's still faithful to God. I love it. I love it. May God help us. May God help us to be a Joseph. F.B. Meyer said this. He lived 1847 to 1929. He was a good friend of, of uh, D.L. Moody. He was an English pastor and, and author. Wrote about 75 books. He said, it is very sweet as life passes to be able to look back on dark and mysterious events, and to trace the hand of God where we once saw only the malice and cruelty of man. The only thing that, that, that Joseph could see with his eyes was malice and cruelty. His brothers, the pit, Potiphar's house, and now prison. That's all he could see was, was, was cruelty. And malice, but somehow he guarded his heart. He kept his heart pure before God. He kept tender towards the things of God. And one day, two guys get thrown into prison. The one guy is the butler, and the other guy's the baker. I don't know what they did, but they end up in prison. Pretty serious stuff. And, 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 and Joseph has changed. Because you see, when we see him as a young man, we see him as being insensitive. I mean, his, he, had no, he had no understanding concerning what was going on with his brothers. I mean, he was totally oblivious to what was going on. I mean, he didn't protect himself. You know, he just, he's going down to Dothan. Oh, I'm just going to go see my brothers. And they're going to kill him. You know? But now... Now he's changed, you know, I mean, life experience. And, and, but but he, he hasn't become hardened. He's actually become aware and sensitive. And in some ways even soft and tender. Isn't that great? And here he is. And he, and he notices in um, chapter 40, verses 6 and 7, that that these two guys are troubled and they're downcast. Troubled means they were angry and perplexed and sad. They were downcast. They were unpleasant and disagreeable. <laughs> and, he, and he was overseeing them. He said, what's, what's wrong? All these guys, these guys are crazy. What's going on with them? So he asked them. They said, oh, man, these crazy dreams. So they tell him, the butler had a dream, a vine with three branches, budding and blossoming, blossoming ripe grapes that he 
pressed into Pharaoh's cup and it gave it to him. He just couldn't get past that dream. And, and, the, and, and the baker had a dream of three cake baskets on his head. The upper basket was loaded with food and birds were eating, eating that food out of the basket. And What did Joseph do? He says, well, crazy dreams. No. You know what he said? I mean, here he is, sensitive. Not only these guys, but sensitive God. He says, don't interpretations belong to God? Here he is greatly used by God. And, and, and God begins to show him the interpretation of what those dreams are. And you know, the, you know, the, the, the butler's restored after three days, and, and, and the baker's encouraged by that, and then, and then, and then oops, then, then Joseph says, and by the way, you're going you're gonna to be hung in three days, you know, and the birds are going to eat your flesh. Wonderful, right? So, so, so before the butler returns, I'm sure Joseph cornered him and said, don't forget me, bro. Remember me. So the butler, I'm sure, said, oh, yeah, 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 I'll remember you. So he goes back to work for the king, and, and uh, Joseph is waiting with great anticipation. Huh? He's all excited, you know, okay, you know. This is going to be good. And he waits a day and nothing happens. A week, nothing happens. A month, nothing happens. A year, nothing happens. Two years pass. <laughs> Another season of huge disappointment. No wonder Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hebrews 10, you have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Don't give up. Don't let go. You have a dream that God has given you. You have a sense of what God is going to do. Don't give up. How many have got some things that have, have not yet come to pass? Huh? Me too. Still believing God. I'm going to continue to believe God. Praise God. So we know the end of the story. Pharaoh has a dream. Two years later, he's troubled by it. And um, you know the end of the story. I'm going to wrap this up. So Joseph is sent for. Everything changes. Let me wrap this up by just saying this. Huge, massive shift in Joseph's life. Why did it happen? Not because of what happened to him, but how Joseph responded to what happened to him. You can't control everything that happens to you, but you can respond. You can control your response. How many have found that in your marriage or in friendship or at, in the workplace? It's not, you know, you can't control what people say or do to you, but you can control how you respond. And, and Joseph responded to years and years of heartache and 
and, and disappointment, years of disappointment by saying, I am going to remain true to God. I am going to do what God has called me to do. Promise, listen to me as I wrap this, promise is no guarantee of fulfillment. Just because God has promised you something, if you respond wrong, you may not. And by the way, much of what God has intended in the lives of people is never fulfilled because we don't respond right to what's going on in our lives. And so I'm, I'm challenging you and me today to trust God in the dark, to remain true to God, even, even, even in the midst of great disappointment, and even when much time passes, maybe years pass, maybe God's put something in your heart and, and, and it's, it's, it's not yet come to fruition. Keep singing hallelujah. Keep it. I will not let go. I will not let go. Father, this morning, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy and your grace in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us some of these biblical accounts, these stories, Lord, to, to cause us to see that, that, Lord, sometimes life doesn't go the way we thought it was going to go. And I'm sure for Joseph, it was so different than what he expected. But in the end, because he chose to respond in a godly manner, kept his heart open to you, didn't become bitter and angry towards you, didn't turn his heart against you, Lord, when it seemed all of life went totally wrong for him. God, what an example. Help us, Lord. Help us to keep singing hallelujah. <laughs> Help us to keep singing hallelujah in the dark, in the pit, Potiphar's house, in the midst of, of, of persecution and temptation, even in prison. God. So that we might experience all that you've intended. May we remain true to you in the name of Jesus.